A Karen actually called the police because her son died in a video game. The guy that was shooting in the video game is who she called the police on. We're talking pixels on a screen. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I am Swedish, so sorry for my bad English. So I was playing some Rainbow Six Siege solo queue and I met this 12 to 14 year old kid. After the game, he invites me to a 1v1 on house. I agreed and the game was on. Now, I'm okay at Siege around Platinum 3 and he was maybe Silver or something, so it was an easy game for me. And this kid was trash talking the whole time. Like, Yeah, bro, you suck. Oh, come on, man. And, Oh, you really gonna play that? Insert different operator here. He sucks. And so on and so on. So the real story begins when he starts using swear words. Frick you, man. I respond with silence. And that's when the mom gets on the voice call and says, Oh, why are you swearing at my son? What? I haven't been swearing at your son. Well, I just heard you say frick you to my son. No, I did not. And why are you killing my son all the time? Well, it's kind of the point of the game to kill the opponent. Well, why is he not killing you then? Well, that may be because I happen to be better at this game than he is. I want you to Stop killing my son! Yeah, no. Not gonna happen, lady. Do you want me to call the police for assault? Good luck, ma'am. Where do you live? I live in Sweden. Do not lie to me, you jerk! Ma'am, why would I lie to you? Why would you not lie to me to get out of the police coming to your house? Touche, men jag ljuger faktiskt inte för dig just nu. Is what I said, which means, but I'm not lying to you. What is your address? I said, Riksgatan, 1112 Stockholm. This is the address of the Swedish parliament. There's silence for a while, and then I hear, So now I've called the police and they are on their way. Sweet. I'll be here waiting for them. Good, I hope you will enjoy jail. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Well, goodbye. I better get dressed for when the police show up. Bye. Hey, though. I left the game and went to sleep. For what I know, the police have not showed up yet, so... Was I the jerk for upsetting this hysterical mother to the point that she called the police on me over her kid dying in a video game? It's pretty funny that he gave the address of the Swedish parliament, but how would you even call the police on somebody who presumably is in a totally different country than you are? I don't know how Rainbow Six Siege sets up their games, but I'm assuming there's an EU server, a North America server, and so on, so this person that's calling is probably calling from the EU somewhere else, and I'm guessing she and her son are not in Sweden because she assumes that he's lying about where he's from. The question I have is, has the mom never seen her son ever play video games before? Is this the very first time she's ever seen him do one-on-ones with somebody and have this type of interaction? Because why else would she freak out this bad? I guess maybe because someone was able to get her son to say the word frick. And maybe that's what set her off because she heard her son say it, even though the OP didn't say it himself. She probably assumed there's no way my son would ever say this unless someone said it to him, which clearly is not true. When stuff like this happens, it's so absurd that it's hard to even know how to respond to this if you're in that situation. I mean, if you were playing on your Xbox or whatever and you heard somebody say this, the mom gets on the voice chat and starts saying that she's going to call the police on you. What do you even do? How do you even react to that? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. I'm a woman who is 
engaged to a guy named Jack. At our engagement party, my old guy friend Matt told Jack that I have always had a crush on Matt. Now, my fiance wants to leave me because he doesn't want to be a second choice. I have never had a crush on Matt. It just simply isn't true, but I don't know what to do now. Here's what happened. My best friend Sarah, who's 26, and her husband Matt, who's 28, have put me in a very difficult position with my fiance Jack, who's 30. I knew Matt since my childhood. He was my neighbor and we were friendly. Sarah and I were roommates in college and became close friends. When I introduced Sarah and Matt, they hit it off and started dating each other. I was happy to see two of my friends get together, but also annoyed that I became the third wheel and was often ignored or set aside because they were so into each other. By the time I graduated, Matt had completely dropped me as a friend. That saddened me, but I was still good friends with Sarah, so it was what it was. Sarah and I would frequently hang out, but I never talked with Matt other than the occasional polite hellos. Sarah would sometimes try to do couples dates with her and Matt and me and my dates. I found that Matt had developed an unpleasant personality and would frequently be rude and condescending towards me. However, he's a very very devoted and loving husband to Sarah, so for her sake, I ignored him. When my fiancé and I got engaged, we had no plans to do a party. Sarah was disappointed that we didn't throw an engagement party, so she organized a small get-together at her home to celebrate us. The party was nice, and as things were winding down, my fiancé and I went to thank Sarah and Matt for their sweet gesture before we took our leave. Matt was pretty sloshed by then, and out of nowhere, he suddenly hugged me and in front of my fiancé said that he was so glad I was finally settling down and he is relieved now that I'll be over the crush that I had on him. I was shocked and told him that wasn't true. He just laughed and told Jack that I was always chasing him and he had to work to keep me away. I dragged Sarah in and asked her to please fix this mess and she was like, oh, he sloshed, ignore him and says, you know, I always trust you. I know you wouldn't act on your crush. Jack was pretty pissed by this point and he walked out. I ran out after him and tried explaining that this isn't true, but he told me he doesn't want to be anyone's second choice or their backup plan. Since that night, he isn't talking to me or returning my calls. I have talked to Sarah multiple times to clear things with Jack, but she's brushing me off. I don't understand why they believe this or why she'd stay friends with me if she thought that I was into her husband. I was in her wedding party and did all the work because her sister, who was the maid of honor, was too busy. I have helped her through pregnancy and have babysit her kids so many times. She never gave me any indication she thought this and why would she want me close to her family if she believed this? I feel humiliated that these people think I was pining away for a jerk like Matt. I need help in convincing Jack that this isn't true. I'm also mad at him for throwing away our relationship over what some sloshed idiot said. I don't know what I'm going to do about my friendship with Sarah. Jumping into the future, there is an update. I talked to Sarah again and asked her, first of all, why she'd think I had a crush on Matt. She said that when I first introduced them, I had talked Matt up and gushed about him, and she took that as me being into him. I said I was fond of him since I've known him for a long time, but that doesn't mean I want to be with him. She said when they started dating, I was often upset about it. I said I wasn't upset about their dating. I was upset that she'd make plans with me and then leave me to be with him when we were all together. I didn't enjoy being the third wheel while they ignored me. That had nothing to do with wanting him, and more not to liking being left out by my best friend. I asked her why she hadn't said anything before and she explained that she could manage the situation. She had asked Matt to stop talking to me completely and she engineered situations so there was little chance of us socializing together. I explained that I never had a crush on 
Matt and I asked her now, can you please talk to Jack and tell him? She said she didn't want to lie. This frustrated me immensely. She could ignore this imaginary crush for years and manipulate me, but won't talk to my fiance to help my relationship? I told her I was done being her friend. Thinking back, I was always doing stuff for her and she used me, but did little for me. Jumping into the future, there is a final update. I wrote a long letter to Jack explaining the entire history of my relationship with Sarah and Matt with recent screen caps. I asserted as best I could that I never had pined after any guy and I loved him and he was my only choice. After days of silence, Jack agreed to talk to me. We met and he said that he sees two ways of interpreting the situation. One, Matt and Sarah are right and he doesn't want to be my second choice. Or two, they are malicious people who are messing with me and that shows very poor judgment on my part that I'd have a best friend like this and he doesn't want that quality in a life partner. Either possibility leads to the same conclusion that he wants to call off the engagement. He reminded me that I had represented Sarah as one of the most important people in my life. I jump up and help her all the time. I had once canceled plans with him to take care of her kid when the baby was sick. It had irked him but he had seen it as me being nice and caring but now he's seeing all of that in a different light. I cried and begged him not to end our engagement but he wanted a break for a while. I thought over what he said for a few days and came to realize he was right. I was a clingy friend and a doormat. I never even saw how one-sided my friendship with Sarah was. I was a doormat with Jack too. I didn't want to get married or have kids this early but agreed to his timelines. I gave up an exciting job opportunity with more money because he didn't want me traveling for work. I love him but I need to fix myself and be stronger. I gave back his ring and ended things. I returned all the gifts he gave too. He was offended by that but I didn't feel good about keeping the very expensive things he had given me. He makes a lot more than me and was very generous with what he gave me but I can't keep that now. Sarah was quiet for a while but then started calling me. I ignored a lot of her calls but this morning I answered her call and told her about the breakup. I was looking for sympathy from my old friend. She was more interested in knowing if I was going to watch her kid while she and Matt went on an overnight trip. She got pretty angry when I said no. I have her blocked now. I have lost my fiance, my best friend, and my relationship with my nephew, whom I adored all in one go. But still, I am thankful for the comments that show this wasn't something I could fix and help me rip off the band-aid and walk away from this mess. Is there any way I could have done this differently? What should I have done? This is a tough situation and from the sounds of it, Matt and Sarah have probably been taking advantage of the OP for a long time. And maybe the OP this entire time has been recontextualizing all of this in order to make it feel like she wasn't being taken advantage of. But it just got to the point where it's so blatantly obvious that they don't care about her at all. They just want her to watch the baby and play this token role in their lives. All while condescendingly explaining their perspectives in a way that gives them an ego boost. I'm sure Matt probably thinks he's really cool that the OP is so into him and he has to explain to his wife, oh yeah babe, she's always been into me. She's super into me. And they've latched onto that perspective to the point that they're not even willing to hear her out. Sarah says she won't talk to 
to Jack because she doesn't want to lie. So in other words, she doesn't believe the OP. She thinks the OP is lying despite putting everything on the table and explaining it all. It's interesting that the OP came to the conclusion that ultimately Jack is right. It's only one of those two explanations. And that is what pushed her further down the path of reflecting on her friendship with Sarah and Matt. Ultimately, she learned the important lesson that these people are not your friends. Sarah and Matt don't see you as friends in the same way that you have seen them as friends for all these years. And as painful as it might be, ending the friendship with both of them is the most healthy way to deal with this mess. There's not a win-win outcome in this situation. If your best friend for your whole life did this to you, let me know how you would respond down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for telling my daughter she cannot marry a racist? Some background. My wife and I have lived in a somewhat larger city where my daughter was born. My wife got a job opportunity in one of her employer's field offices and it was too good to pass up. We moved to the boonies when my daughter, Amy, was a preteen and we've been here ever since. The people are nice, but we were quickly labeled as city folk, so we never really integrated very well. Amy came back the summer between freshman and sophomore year. She got a summer job, which is where she met her fiance, Dan. We have had Dan over to the house countless times and he's polite, respectful, and seems to truly love my daughter. He's a local and his family have been locals for generations. We rarely met up with his parents, but they also seemed nice when we did. They dated long distance all through her college years. This past summer, they got engaged. His parents decided to throw an engagement last weekend at their house. We have never been there before and I was excited to see the home where he grew up and meet his extended family. The party was fine. We did our best to fit in. But like I mentioned, we're from the city and they poked fun a little bit. His dad gave a speech and while it wasn't overtly racist, he mentioned how he was happy his son found a nice white girl and looking forward to white grandbabies. As the night progressed, they started to share a bit of family history so that we would know the proud lineage our family would now be a part of. Without going into too much detail, they are descendants from members of a hate group. We decided to be polite and not say anything, but we didn't stay much longer. I let this stew for a few days until Amy returned home. She tells me that she was not aware of his family history, but it doesn't change her mind. I don't want her marrying into this family and I told her so. She says Dan doesn't wholly believe what his parents do, but I'm not convinced. You can't be raised to believe you are of a superior race and not have it become internalized to some degree. She assures me that they have a lifetime for her to point out all the ways his parents are wrong, but I'm worried that if they never leave his hometown, there will be too much pushback from his family. I told her I'm going to be firm on this, that I don't want her marrying into that family. She called me a jerk and has been ignoring me ever since. I feel horrible, but this isn't what I had hoped for. So is she right? But before you decide, there was an update. A lot has happened in the past few weeks, so I thought I would share. Not long after I posted, Amy came to me to apologize. I was surprised because based on the responses I was getting, I was preparing to apologize to her. She said she lashed out because she was trying to reconcile her relationship as she knew it with the new information about who he was. I asked her if she really had no idea and she said that looking back, there were warning signs but nothing that would lead her to believe that he was overtly racist. I guess being long distance and liking him so much allowed her to remain mostly ignorant. She wanted to know what she should do. I told her that I was going to talk to Dan and try and get a beat on the person who he is apart from his parents. She seemed to think that that was a good idea. A lot of people said that I was being unfair labeling him a racist before, but now that we have spoken, I can tell you for certain that he is racist. A lot of you were trying to figure out 
about what Amy meant by him not being wholly racist, and I think I can answer that now. He told me that he doesn't harbor hatred for anyone, but he believes the white race will go extinct eventually, and he is proud of who he is and of his race, and he doesn't want that to happen. Which I guess also explains his father's comments about white grandbabies. I told him that his heritage is nothing to be proud of, and that his beliefs will have no place in our family or in my household. He said that Amy seemed to understand him, and that I might not have a choice of whether or not his beliefs will be a part of my family. I said that he was right. If Amy wants to move forward with the wedding, then there is nothing I can do to stop her. He sneered and told me that he supposed we had nothing more to discuss then, and that was the end of it. I told Amy what he discussed with me, and she decided to call it off. She broke up with him, and he has not taken too kindly to it. He has been to the house a lot, so we decided to get her an apartment back in the city. Her work is going to start phasing back into the office anyway, so the timing works out. His parents called us and came to speak with us a few times. At first, they were just trying to figure out what was going on, but it quickly turned into them berating us. I got some flack for not standing up to them initially, so this time I made sure they knew where I stood. So, am I the jerk for telling my daughter she cannot marry a racist? Before the update, I probably would have also said it's unfair to just lump him in with his family. Just because his family believes one thing doesn't mean that he believes one thing. Plenty of people grow up in households where they do not share the same worldview as their parents or other family members in general. But from the way she tells it in the update, she's pretty certain that he does share some of those worldviews. And specifically, one part that's kind of odd is that he almost seemed like he was overly confident that his fiance, the OP's daughter, would stick with him regardless of his or his family's beliefs. Just the fact that he sneered at the end of the conversation and said that they have nothing else to discuss paints that picture. But let me know how you guys interpret the situation. Do you think he actually is racist? And do you think it's right for the mom to say the daughter can't marry him, even though she's saying that she's not saying that, but she's also saying that. Let me know what you think, jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for not taking down a video that was a gift from my best man? I have a sister that's six years older than me. My parents for years cancel on me at the last minute because of my sister. I have a basketball game. Oops, sorry, sister doesn't feel like going out. I am graduating. Oops, sorry, sister had a bad day at work. They have missed both major and smaller events in my life because of her meltdowns. I met the love of my life. We decided to tie the knot. From the beginning, I told my parents how I am worried my sister will ruin another special moment in my life. My mom told me over and over again that it would not happen. The day of my wedding, I received a voicemail from my mom saying they couldn't come because my sister's dog was sick and she was upset. I was hurt. My best man, however, is a jokester. He took my phone, then went to my fiance and asked if he could post a video of our wedding as a gift on social media. She loved his idea. I had no idea about it until I came home. Our honeymoon was at a lakeside cabin. No cell service out there. The post caption said, my best friend. He is an amazing person, even if his parents never showed up for him. The video was still pictures of us next to her parents, me on the dance floor, cutting cake, where you would normally see both parents in a wedding picture. The sound behind the video is my mom's voicemail explaining how they couldn't come because my sister's dog was sick. I came home a week later to hundreds of messages. Family members from both 
both sides, insisting that I take it down. I was told my sister hasn't stopped crying. My mom is refusing to leave the house. I may be the jerk here. I didn't take it down when I got my messages. I didn't call my family back right away. I waited until my vacation time was over at work and enjoyed my time with my wife in our new home before I contacted anyone. My dad told me to take down the video. It was, quote, just a bad night for them, that they will make it up to me and my wife for not coming. My reply was, exactly how do you plan to make up my wedding? It's a once in a lifetime thing. You chose to ignore my feelings on the whole matter. Then he just repeated, he will make it up to me. I told him I would take down the video only when he made up missing my wedding. Flustered, we both hung up the phone before we said things we shouldn't have. So am I the jerk here? I could have just taken down the video, but I didn't. This is a pretty hilarious and creative way to go about this. The fact that the best man in the situation just made a collage basically of all the best moments from the wedding and put the sound as the voicemail, that's genius. And even though it's really funny and it is proving a point here, I'm guessing if he doesn't take it down, he's probably going to permanently sever some sort of relationship with his family. Maybe not to the point where they'll never talk to him again, but they're not going to be happy with him. But also at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, how long am I going to be disrespected until you do something about it or resist it? And he's obviously hurt by his parents not going to his wedding. So even though this wasn't meant to be a vindictive revenge attempt trying to get back at the parents, it kind of did get back at the parents without him even having to do anything. His friend set up the whole thing and he wasn't even aware of it. It's hard to weigh the pros and the cons in a situation like this because you have to stand up for yourself, but you also want to keep your family around. It just depends on how the family is and how they will react to this in the long term. Every family is different. So if this was your family, how would you handle it? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.